suicide game just yesterday It's made all that I learned The emptiness of life examined well, hello out there and welcome to another episode of Things I've Learned While Learning Other Things. This is an attempt by me, Joe Morahan, and my brother J.S. to provide you with a series of interesting, informative, educational, and yeah, we hope enjoyable stories that will help you navigate through those high seas of life. This is episodic adventure number 243. We're, we're not aiming to help you pass the bar exam or become a better doctor, or even to become a better mailman. But we hope you'll know more stuff. You'll be a better storyteller. At least you got that going for you. Now, today's episode is entitled, Donkey Do What Donkeys Do. I do. Part one. And as I mentioned during our last podcast, having had oral surgery followed three weeks later by hernia surgery, only to be followed five days after that by acquiring the RSV virus, I can tell you it will slow down one's production to a crawl. And at at least this combo of these three relatively minor medical infirmaries knocked me, however, on my ass. And whatever level quality of performance I might have been delivering in the past, it's been diminished when I produced anything at all. (laughs) And that certainly hasn't been very much. But, and whatever my podcast frequency, it ceased in entirety for almost a month. But now I am progressing slowly, I'm happy to say, much more slowly than I would have thought or I believed I might, but I'm recovering. And recovery has been snail-like in nature. But I soon, as Bob Dylan once sang, shall be released and will persist in offering up content once again and on a more regular basis, beginning today. And I, I offer this explanation, not, not as an excuse for, for my non-production, but only in the for what it's worth column, to quote Buffalo Springfield, full disclosure being owed any of our valued listeners. And we shall now recommence our work with regularity. So let us begin. Now, I, I know people. Well, perhaps I should say, I've, and more accurately, I know women out there whom would have and over time have informed me that they would rather see a human being harmed than an animal mistreated in any way. You know, moral justification emanating from their strongly held, deeply rooted beliefs that animals are such innocent creatures without malice toward other living creatures and so defenseless that we need, we human beings, need care about them more than about our fellow human beings. Hmm, this seems strange to me, but these women are, you know, are just sure that animals are in need of protection from the predations of bloodthirsty, remorseless human beings hell-bent on causing animal suffering and whom are 
indifferent people are to the ultimate demise, even the extinction of these innocent creatures. And to me, this does seem to be rather extreme, does it not? But such misguided sentiments, oddly to my mind, seem principally to arise in the minds of the females of our species and appears to ignore the inconsistency inherent in and demonstrated by the predator-prey relationships, if nothing else. Food chain issues and all that are simply ignored. Hmm. But people, you know, they do tend to see only what they want to see. There is, and there is a term for this apparent blindness. And psychologists have long known and written extensively about cognitive dissonance. That is far more commonplace than anyone would expect. And people far too often disregard evidence, all evidence in the face of indisputable facts. They hold on to irrational beliefs in outright defiance, outright defiance of reason. And it does appear to me quite weird, more than a bit extreme. It's, I mean, it's over the top even to seemingly be unable to discern between the value inherent in different life forms. I mean, I think human beings are worth more than starfish. But to those fully committed to animal rights and the animal rights movement, the value of human beings just fails to register. It's like patients suffering from Anton syndrome where they are actually medically blind, literally cannot see. But those afflicted by Anton syndrome will not admit this fact. They deny that they are blind and behave as if they are not in fact blind as if they can see, and they fail to report the condition that they cannot see anything. I mean, something is definitely wrong with these people, these patients, but they don't see it. With Anton syndrome victims, the incapacity is, is literally literal. And to rabid animal rights ethicists, human beings are and have been for millennia simply the ultimate, most bloodthirsty, um, most ruthless, most remorseless, most destructive of all the plants, the planet's predators. The greatest threat to all life forms on planet Earth. <laughs> and, and when talking about watching films in which animals appear, Many of these highly sensitive, sensitized women who believe so much in animal rights, I mean, they're, they're literally activists at all times. They report they simply cannot watch any scene in a movie in which an animal is harmed, suffers, or, I mean, God forbid, is killed. Period. The end. No exception for them. It is, it is just... Too much for them to bear, you know, given their hypersensitive nature and love of all creatures, great and small. You know, now, this is, this is striking to me. On the other hand, they freely admit that they are, they are totally fine watching some guy getting knifed on screen 
and and they can remote, remain focused on a scene in a film where some guy, some man, literally gets shot in the balls. I mean, this poses no no emotional difficulty, no problem for them. It presents them no trauma that they can't handle or manage or tolerate. The man probably deserved it anyway, is our thinking. These animal ethicists suggest. I mean, where, where, where is their sense of empathy? What about sensitivity to the plight of that sorry, suffering male human being? Well, the reality is, the truth is, the man's suffering, it just does not register on the empathic scale. They don't care about that guy who just got shot in the balls. No, they don't. It's just the way it is. Sorry about that. I mean, doesn't this seem rather unconscionable to you? I mean, isn't this lack of empathy for a fellow human being rather startling in scope? Are these animal rights ethicists mis misanthropic? Do these women just hate men? I mean, what the hell's going on here? Isn't a human being's life, even, even a male's life, worth more than, say, an alley cat or a lab rat? Well, isn't it? Well, maybe not. Hmm. This kind of extremist response to a cause, you know, a, from complete lack of empathy for man to an all to an all-out-of-proportion, alarmist excess commitment to a cause, almost any cause, appears to have the capacity to cross the boundaries of sacred causes. For example, because of man, the planet Earth is dying. We know this to be absolutely true because the planet has been put on notice it is dying, and we have been issued dire warnings by the likes of Swedish environmentalist Greta Thunberg. Armed with all her scientific, climatological knowledge, learned and acquired while she was studying for her degree in, well, her degree in nothing, nothing. Greta has even attended college, no less earned a degree in anything. She's never studied anything. Still, she is sure the world as we know it will be ending very soon. Very soon. Hmm. Climate change is, is fatal. And Greta's not an expert in anything, but she sure is famous. A product of global media attention. She's like Paris Hilton. Famous after secret, secretly releasing her own sex tape. She's a celebrity solely for being, well, for being Paris Hilton, nothing more. It's not as if she started the Hilton Hotel chain. She did not. She didn't run the business. No, she didn't. She didn't do anything. She was an embarrassment, such an embarrassment to her family name. Her behavior caused her grandfather so much discomfort that he cut her out of the leavings of his billion-dollar-plus estate. Oh, and, and or if you prefer uh, Greta Thunberg in a, say, a younger version, well, she's what Jenny McCarthy was like a couple decades ago, whom after posing 
naked for nudie magazines, earned her medical degree from the University of Google, thus adequately positioning herself as the medical authority with respect to the science and medical understanding of the risks and side effects of vaccinations. A graduate of the University of Google. Or perhaps best of all, Greta resembles that brilliant ex-mixologist, that bartender turned congresswoman AOC. Hero to feminists all over the world, still awaiting her inauguration, who, <laughs> who once during a congressional hearing determined that it was white people who were the cause of hurricanes. Repeat, white people cause hurricanes. And in, and in 2019, this is important, AOC issued the world the warning that there is urgency needed in addressing man-made climate change. Why? Because the planet Earth will be destroyed in 12 years if humans do not address the issue, no matter what the cost. Meaning, shit, life on planet Earth has only eight years remaining. I mean, the world is going to end in eight years. Why, why, why bother saving money for a rainy day or educating your children or taking out a mortgage? You know, as, as Mick Jagger sang a half a century ago, it's all over now. Well, in eight years. No. So back to those wigged out animal ethicists and all their strange thinking. Let's reintroduce wolves into Colorado. That seems like a good plan. Let's construct pet bathrooms at O'Hare Airport. A United Airlines passenger was recently taking his seat on a recent flight when he was bit in the face by a dog owned by a passenger seated next to him. Animals have a right to fly United too. I mean, we, we must all come together now to rescue innocent animals, and we must do it soon, for life on Earth as we know it will be ending soon, sooner than you think. Well, that's the argument anyway. And as Chris, Chris, uh, you know, Chris Christopherson, as Kurt Vonnegut, Kurt Vonnegut made so famous in his writing, and so it goes. So let me state clearly now, this series of podcasts that has been titled Donkey Do What Donkeys Do Ado, ultimately a discussion that will involve, that will involve a naive, trusting Frenchman, a donkey, a court of law, a gardener, and Bridget Bardot. A discussion of these subjects. And these people will continue, but not quite yet. But on this note, we will end this first episode of Donkey Do What Donkeys Do Ado. Well, short of having arrived at that point at which Bridget Bardot, gardeners, and donkeys get involved in the story. But we're getting there. Believe me, we're approaching it. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back. Bye-bye. <music>
water surrounding me Tap to the wind, taste the sea breeze Tropical heaven on the coral sea A little more rum, I think of my wife What did I do, have I ruined my life? Tell her I've changed, become a new man I promise I will and I know that I can When did the skies change, when did we turn back? How am I ever gonna get myself back? The sea's now boiling and I'm getting cold I've lost my sails, got to find a way home Alone in my boat I think of my wife Lost in a drift On the high seas of life Years from tomorrow Days from the land Nothing can save me Unless fate lends a hand Storm it is worse than life No control The wind and I look to the stars, there's none I can see I'm afraid fate, she has answered me Only moments my story will end There was a story I wanted to send Oh, how I dream for the calm of the sea A beautiful face smiling back at me the sea is boiling and I'm getting cold I've lost my sails, got to find a way home When did the skies change, when did they turn back? How am I ever gonna get myself back? Alone in my boat, I think of my wife I'm lost in a drift on the high seas of life when did the skies change? When did they turn back? How am I ever gonna get myself back? Alone in my boat, I think of my wife I'm lost in a drift on the seas of life On the high seas